Hey, hey, welcome back. Changing the Field, episode 29. Uh, This episode, we got the all-time leader in tackles for the University of South Florida. Currently, he is a middle school teacher and the co-owner of Bull Shark Training. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Augie Sanchez to Changing the Field. Augie Sanchez, good to see you again, brother. Nice to see you. Yeah, man. Good to chop it up with you again. Uh, I see that we're both wearing our USS stuff. So shout out to all the Bulls fans out there. I'm sure you guys are going to be stoked to hear Augie talk a little bit and get me to shut up. But uh, how you been, man? What's been going on in Augie's world? Ah, Man, not too much. Just trying to kind of figure out life, kind of figure out my next step. Uh, kind of see what I want to do. I feel like I'm I'm still young and got some time, but you know I also kind of got to figure out what I what I want to do in life. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you're teaching now. Are you coaching as well? I'm not coaching. I actually am. Uh, I'm kind of in the middle of starting a, a business, a training business uh, that's more or less focused on football. Um, okay. So that's really what I've been kind of you know teaching and, and focusing my attention on that. Okay. What's the what's the business called? We got to make sure everyone hears it. It's called Bull Shark Training. Um, me oh. and my girlfriend. My girlfriend played soccer at USF. I obviously play football there. Kind of trying to use that to uh, you know help some younger kids uh, make a little money at the same time. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Very cool. I'm sure uh, you guys will be pulling in some numbers pretty quick here because I know now that you mentioned, I think I saw a post on Facebook, and you guys have a Facebook group, so. If you're yeah. a fan of Augie Sanchez and you got a kid in the St. Pete, you guys doing anything in Tampa as well? Man, I'm I'm open pretty much in the Tampa Bay area. I, I got a kid from East Lake. I'm I'm training. So okay, cool. So anyone in the Tampa Bay area, make sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure everyone in the Tampa Bay area remembers Augie Sanchez, USF leading tackler, and he's now training the youngins. So make sure you get your kid over there, especially if you want him to be nasty. So <laughs> here we go. So. First question I usually like to ask everyone is when did you first fall in love with the game of football and what was that experience like for you? Man, I want, I want to say just relatively at a pretty young age, I couldn't, you know, pinpoint it, but, and I, I, I remember back in the day playing, playing catch with my, you know, my middle brother on dress and, and, you know, we We'd be playing catch, jumping in bushes, acting like we're, you know, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, all these crazy, you know, good receivers and great NFL players. I just remember that time, you know, watching them and and then going and doing that, just being like, man, I really, you know, love playing this game. I really enjoy this game. Um, And I I knew once I kind of got to to high school is when I knew I really could, you know, do something special and and, kind of having that role model like my brother who actually went on to play at USF, I always knew that that was kind of you know, my goal. And, and I had a good role model to follow. Absolutely. I played, I actually, I know, you know, this, but I played with Armando as well. And he's one of the freakiest athletes I've ever been around. Like dudes benching a house running like a four or five playing linebacker. He was a stud. And it's so funny. Cause I remember, I don't know if you remember this or not, but 
me and him were both in college at the time. I think we were like freshmen or redshirt freshmen. And he was one of my roommates and he took me down to St. Pete to come hang out at the house one time. And I remember meeting you and I remember meeting uh, Dre, I think was his nickname, right? Yeah. Your, your middle brother. Yeah. And I remember meeting you two, man. And I remember Armando saying like, yeah, that's my brother, Augie. He's a goof, man, but he's going to be a stud. He's like, dude, I'm telling you right now, the kid hoops, he plays football. Like at the time you were kind of, um, you weren't like the biggest kid around, but he was like saying like, you are going to be a stud. And then lo and behold, you end up being one of the best linebackers that's ever come through USF. So just wanted to mention right. your brother gave you props. He might've, he might've tried to beat you up a lot back then, but. <laughs> I was going to say, I never heard that from him, but. yeah no doubt so as far as football goes what what do you feel like was your favorite aspect of the sport man that what did what did you get out of it personally I I honestly got a lot I'm a naturally just competitive guy so I feel like that's always hard to go against of just you know just going out there and, and going up against a guy and just being better than him that, that, that's something I, I mean, I'm, I'm still to this day, so competitive me and you go outside right now and, you know, we go play basketball. I still want to win. Uh, we go, <laughs> we go play cards, we go shoot dice, we go do anything. I want to win. Um, so I think that's one thing football kind of gave me that I think it's hard to look back and be like, yeah, that's, that wasn't big. No, that was one of the biggest reasons why, um, you know, I played football and love football, but I think really towards, towards the end, uh, when I got into college, actually not towards the end, but when I got into college, one of my favorite things was it turned into like a chess match almost. And I love the X's and O's. I love the, can I out prepare this person? Um, and, and most of the time I, I, I out prepared pretty much everyone, you know, we played, um, I'll prepare my teammates, I'll prepared, you know, people who wanted my position. I love that aspect of it. Cause I knew that no matter what, you know, there would be guys that would be stronger than me, faster than me, you know, have a lot more upside, but I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't think anyone would out, could out prepare me or would out prepare me or wanted to, you know, to take that much time. So I definitely think that that's one thing, you know, that, that I enjoyed was just kind of the X's and O's, the film uh, and, and just the preparation behind playing football. What did that preparation look like you or look like for you while you were at USF? Cause I, I remember some guys during my time would get some extra film in what, what was your recipe for success? Well, you know, kind of getting into the whole, whole, you know, aspect of it or the, the whole picture of it. I think it goes all the way to the preparation side of it as being a leader. That that's kind of what was one of the first things that was one of the things that probably helped me the most is I held guys accountable and, and I knew what success looked like. And I knew what winning football games looked like. And, and I think I was one of, uh, you know, the best players on our team at that time to hold people to that standard and, and let them understand what we were, you know, trying to get accomplished and what we wanted to do. Uh, so I think that that's, that's kind of one on the, on the terms of, of kind of the, the preparation side of it. And then it was a ton of film watching. Uh, and, and another thing that I think, you know, most football players don't, don't kind of under, understand when it goes into preparation is how well do you know your own stuff? How well do you know, mm. you know, for me, how, how well did I know the defense? Could I make the checks? Could I make the calls? Did I know why we were doing something? Um, and I think that's where I really excelled at is I knew why we were doing something. I knew what, what offenses, what offenses would run towards, you know, our defensive schemes and, and our philosophies and why we were heating it up and why we weren't blitzing on certain downs. And I thought I really understood that. Um, and I thought, you know, as a player, if I could be a coach, 
if I could really help the other guys, then I felt like I was the most prepared. And again, that came with a lot of film study, a lot of book study, um, a lot of leadership, you know, Hey, listen, you, you don't know the place you got to get, you got to get in the film room. Hey, come see me, come talk to me. Um, and that's something that I really cherish. That's something uh, about football that I still do kind of miss because there, there was this sense of, of, of pride and, and, and just knowing that you were, you were going to go kick somebody's ass, but you were also going to be just overly prepared and you could help someone uh, kind of along the way. Yeah. I bet there's no more beautiful feeling than checking into a certain coverage or a certain blitz or a certain scheme and then seeing it work live and then making a big play on a third down or something like that, I bet that's got to be top notch. Because as a tight end, they pretty much tell us to shut our mouths. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and I think you're, I mean, you're right. That that There's nothing better than that. And I just remember coming on the sideline and the coach being like, man, you weren't supposed to do that. I was like, I just knew like off of, off of that, like I knew that was going to be it. He's like, yeah, but you got to be careful. I said, yeah, well, I made the play, so. It wasn't, there was no better feeling. It, it was, it was, it was the best, but there was always just kind of like, Hey, you got to be careful. But it's like, I knew, I knew what was going to happen. Um, and, and that, that made me a lot of plays. You ever call one and get smoked on it? Man. I, yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> personally, I didn't get smoked. I checked to a, a cover two and I got our nickel in trouble because he didn't get the call and he blitzes. Um, oh. We made the tackle. They didn't get a first down, but it got him yelled at. Yeah. Beautiful. Did he snitch? Uh, I don't know if he snitched. I think I snitched on myself and just said, hey, I checked two. I checked two. You weren't supposed to blitz. And then he eventually was like, hey, that's my bad. Uh, But because everyone ran cover two but him. Yeah. That's class that you stuck up for him, though. That's class that you came out and said that, man. That's all about being a leader. It's that little stuff because that's how you get people following you, man. If you're one of those guys that's you know, pointing fingers at everybody or, you know, something goes wrong and all of a sudden you start playing the blame game. I mean, the coaches might be like, okay, cool. Now I know who messed up, but all your, all 10 guys behind you are now looking at you. Like, can I really trust this guy? Like, is this guy going to put me out on an Island, even if he made the mistake, you know? So I think that speaks volumes to your, your level of leadership, no doubt. I agree. I think, uh, I think honestly, that's kind of what shies people away from being leaders is kind of that spotlight and kind of, Hey man, if I mess up, you know, they're going to look at me different. If I don't do, you know, the, the, you know, if I don't make the play or I don't make the right check or they're going to nah, like, sometimes it's just kind of part of that territory that you are going to make mistakes and you just got to be confident enough in yourself to, to know that, that you're doing, you know, what you think is right, what the team, what is best for the team. Um, and sometimes you're going to get it wrong, but that's just kind of being a leader. Yeah. And taking it on the chin and learning from it and learning from like bad plays just as much as you learn from good plays. So when you were growing up, I I think I kind of shot the gun off a little bit quick here, but uh, when you were growing up, did you have any other interests besides football? And I know you played basketball. I know you were a darn good basketball player in high school as well. I think a lot of people might be shocked by that, but uh, did you have anything else that you were interested in? Uh, kind of like you said, I was really, I was big into sports. You know, we were kind of, I feel like my generation and I may even be pushing that we were, we were probably the last generation that was, you know, outside playing sports. And, and that was kind of what we did. Uh, that's, that was my big thing, man. I love, I love being outside. So I love, you know, football and basketball, but I love fishing. Um, and I, and that kind of, as I got older, kind of became like my pastime. So if I wasn't playing football and, and beating my head in and, and trying to be the best, you know, I'd kind of find 
some relaxation and, and go fish. And, and I really enjoyed that. And um, that's, that's something I still do and something I still am, am very passionate about. Um, but what's the biggest fish you ever caught? I mean, I've caught a tarpon, so that, that's kind Ooh. of, that's just like kind of, that. so. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Nice yeah. game fish there. Did you feel like you accomplished everything that you wanted to with your playing career? Um, you know, this, this is tough because we never won a conference championship at USF and that was the goal. So we came up short. Um, and, and that was, you know, my junior year, I thought we were primed and ready to, to win it. And we didn't, uh, my senior year, I thought it was a shoe in and that's kind of when UCF kind of took over. We, and we still didn't win it. So that's kind of one thing that always bugs me that that's one thing that, you know, this year I kind of got let go by USF, but I was, I, that's one thing that upset me is when that time comes, I'm, I won't be a part of staff, but I mean, hopefully within maybe the next coaching change or something, I could find my way back there. So I don't want to say never. Uh, but that, that's one thing that, that bugged me. And, and, and you know, I, the NFL thing, uh, I wish I could have got my shot because I really do think at the, at the peak of my performance when I was playing well, um, again, I wasn't the fastest guy. I, I wasn't, you know, that freakish athlete, kind of like how Armando was. I was just really good at football, and I understood football. I really thought I could play on Sundays. Um, thought I could make a lot of plays on Sundays. And I'm not saying I would have been Ray Lewis or anything, but I think I would have been a viable option. But I don't hang my hat too much on that. I wish I would have got the shot. Um, but, you know, such is life. I, I don't sit there and, and kind of – I don't hold my hat on it, and I don't wish I would have kept trying to play Canadian League and stuff like that. I do wish I, I would have had more of a shot uh, for the league. But I think my biggest regret is not not uh, accomplishing that conference championship. Did you get into a training camp or anything like that? I went to the Giants rookie mini camp. Um I did well. Uh, you know, the, my agent said that, that the coaches said I did well and then, you know, I could play. And then after that, it kind of, you know, I stayed in shape for a little bit and then uh, nothing ever kind of resonated off of that. Right. So what, what was the eventual reason that you decided to walk away from pursuing playing the game? I, I always told myself, you know, when I was young that if, if I didn't get the opportunity to play in the NFL, I wasn't going to keep chasing it. You know, I saw one thing, one thing that was nice about having Armando as my brother is you kind of saw his friends still trying to play. Um, mm. you know, they, they'd be 30 years old, still trying to go be in the NFL. And it just, they wasted a lot of life. Uh, I think people live in the past sometimes too much. Um, and I didn't want to be that guy. Uh, like I said, I wasn't going to go play, you know, a little small ball somewhere and, and make no money and kind of set myself back. Um, so I kind of told myself when I was young, younger, that it was NFL or bust. And then when that time came, it was NFL or bust. Yeah. Okay. So did you feel like you were at the top of your game physically, mentally, when you made the decision to retire? Do you feel like at that point it was like still on the incline? Um, you know, I think with, I think with time that you only are going to get better. Um, mentally, I know I was mentally, I was primed and ready to just learn and learn and learn and, and be good physically. Again, I was, when I went to pro day, I was probably the best I've ever looked, the strongest I ever been. Um, and, and I felt like I was at the peak when it, when it kind of went down. Um, but I, I felt like I did still have a, a little bit left in me. 
Uh, you, I mean, you know, from playing all the injuries and stuff, I had shoulder surgery and groin surgery and, you know, I kind of feel it now, but at the time when I was, you know, doing yoga and the, and, and with my trainers and all that stuff, I really felt like I, I was primed and ready to go. But when I walked away, I, I didn't have any regrets. Do you still do any kind of, you mentioned yoga. Do you still do any kind of physical activity now? You know, not, not Hard too to put much. put you on the spot. No, no, I mean, no. It's, it's not, you know, once in a while I'll go play basketball or something and pick it up. But I think you, I mean, I don't know if you're working out or not, but I think you could, could attest that after you're done playing a sport as, as like football, the last thing you want to do is go get in the weight room and, and bust your head and, you know, bust your tail like you did when you, you were at school, because that's a, that was a job. I mean, you're in there going as heavy as you can every single day, six in the morning, you got the, you know, the, the, uh, what am I looking for? The winter conditioning where you're up at, you know, five, six in the morning. And you're like, man, why do I want to do that? Like, and that's kind of where I'm at in my life right now. I don't feel like doing that anymore because it was so, it wasn't like a, a decision. It was like, no, you had to, you signed that scholarship. You're you, you have to go do this. Um, and I'm in that realm right now where I'm still kind of like, I've been out for a couple of years now and I'm still in that realm. of just like, man, I, I'm still like upset about having to do that all the time. <laughs> you still holding it against them? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go do no squats. I did a million in college. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, man. I can't even remember the last time I put a, a bar on my back and went down into a full squat. I'm like, <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare to me right about now. The most I ever do is as weird as this may sound coming from a guy that's had like three or four, you know, lower extremity, like knee surgeries and leg surgeries and stuff like that. I love running, man. I don't know what it is, but it just, (laughs) you're like, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) I like getting out on a good jog, man. And it just kind of helps me like throw some music on and kind of clear my head. But if that's not your thing, (laughs) I can't see. I hate running. Um, yeah. But I think I'm still just so caught up in like, man, I feel like I was just doing this where I had to do it. Uh, but I do know I got to get into it and I got to get myself back, my mind tricked back into, you know, it, it is what's best for you. You know, your health and all that stuff is something not to not to take for granted. I think this year so many people have seen that with just the COVID and stuff. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm able to still. So I think I'm doing, you know, myself a disservice by by being lazy. Yeah. Well, I think taking that time off to kind of mentally repair, cause you really just got done playing. Like, I mean, how, when was your last season? I graduated, uh, in 2018. So, I mean, right. Yeah. Years removed now. But. Yeah. So you're still kind of in that buffer zone of like mentally trying to like repair and, and trying to take some time off your body. Like I know you mentioned the pains and aches dude. when you hit 31, it don't change, man. <laughs> it don't go away. So I, mean, I do some push-ups now. My shoulder feels like it's about to fall off. So right, yeah. It's always weird after you have surgery. Like some, I feel like sometimes when you work out, like especially me, when I start doing stuff, like all of a sudden, like my knees start swelling up, and it's like, <laughs> I mean, I just walked up the stairs, guys. Like <laughs> right. So yeah, man, I totally feel you on that. How much, here's another question I got for you. That's kind of uh, a little bit on the deeper side. How much of your self-identity and maybe even your confidence was wrapped up in being a football player? 
You know, I, that's kind of a hard question for me to answer because I feel like I'm a confident person in general. Like, I feel like, you know, we walk into a room, I'm not scared to, to talk to anyone or go shake anyone's hand or anything like that. I think football, though, definitely en enhances that and kind of lets you, uh, you know, kind of have a bit, bit of a bigger head, um, and, and especially when you're successful. Um, and, and I'm not trying to be arrogant enough, but I was a successful player. So I just remember walking into, you know, those places around USF and I was like, man, I know people know me. Um, yeah. and, and, I, and I did have a lot of confidence and I still do, though. I think that that's carried all the way, you know, to me still to this day um, that that I still have a lot of confidence. I'm not scared to, to talk to people, but I definitely. Uh, but I, I guess my thing is, I guess, yes, football really helped enhance that. I think that's who I am as a person. But football definitely helped. Um, you know, kind of, kind of bring it out of me even more. Okay. What about like your self identity, like how you see yourself, how uh, much of that was tied into football? Cause I know people don't really realize it. One of the, and kind of given my own example is, um, you know, getting out of football and then just when you're not practicing, like you said, and you're not playing, I'm not, you know, being, you know, forced to go lift weights and stuff like that now I'm not a football player. So when I introduce myself, uh, it's like, you know, like, what do I do? Like, like who, who kind of am I now? Did you experience any of that? Like as you left the game? Um, you know, it, it, it's weird because when I left the game, I stayed in the game, if that makes sense. Cause I went coaching, yeah. I went to FSU um, and I went to, to USF. And I think even with this training stuff, I'm still kind of, I guess running off of who I am, uh, I guess I still kind of identify as Augie was the football player. Augie is the football player, but uh, I don't know if uh, that's an interesting question. Definitely. A, a, a one of those questions that, that I don't know if I even have the answer to right now, because yeah. uh, I still, I feel like kind of what we were talking about. I'm, I'm only three years out. So there's still, um, you know, there's still some healing. I mean, I was just at USF last year where, you know, I'm getting off the bus and I'm the most popular player and I'm not playing. Right. So again, I, I, I feel like I haven't had to remove myself from it. And I feel like maybe I'm holding on to it, but I'm also uh, kind of trying to use, you know, they always say, while you're hot, take advantage of it. And I feel like mm. I still got a little bit of, of credibility just by who I am. Um, and, and again, it sounds a little cocky, but I think that's no. why I'm doing the training business. My girlfriend is, is a year removed from college. So she, she, her name is still hot. Um, because when you're 40, no one's going to know me as, you know, oh, Augie, yeah, he he was just at USF and, and played football and knows what he's talking about. Now it's kind of like, dang, he just coached at USF. He just coached at FSU. He played, you know, so so he's got some credibility to him. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's arrogant or cocky at all. I think you're right in that wheelhouse. You'd be shocked at how many former athletes I mean, even well into their 30s have have still yet to make that you know, disconnection, people that have, you know, coaches, guys that have stayed, you know, coaching at a high level or coaching in the league or something like that. Like there, there was never a break. And sometimes that's, that's, you know, it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just, it's always a question I like to ask to try and, you know, kind of give these young guys something that they can relate to. And I'm sure a ton of young guys, a ton of older guys can relate to what you just said about how it's still me you know, and I would be lying if I didn't say that it's still me on occasions myself, because I mean, like you do, I'm wearing my USS stuff around, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm walking right. around the Tampa Bay area and I got my, 
you know, on my best day, I'm wearing my, you know, 89, like pullover and people, you know, misidentify me as Mitchell Wilcox. And I'm like, Hey baby, I was like Cincinnati Bengals all day, (laughs) but you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say, you know, sometimes it's like, it's a place to, like you said, it's a place that I derive confidence from. Like I played college football. It was, you know, a stamp of honor that not a lot of people can say. So I'm, I'm right there with you with that, with that sentiment, man. But I guess also though, in, in the, in saying it, it, it still is a part of me. I'm also not one of those people though, that I walk around again, I do wear the USF stuff and I, everything you just say, I a hundred percent agree with, but we all know the guy that's still living off his glory. I don't live yeah. off my glory. Uh, I'm not, I'm not walking around every day saying, man, I, they really got me. I should, be in the NFL or man, Hey, listen, I'm the tackle leader at USF. You should know who I am. I don't live like that. I don't really live in, and, and, oh yeah, you know, I was a USF player, but I still do use it. Um, I guess for kind of to help me, uh, and, and, you know, my endeavors and it's definitely in one of, you know, the resume thing or a conversation uh, with someone I, you know, I want to know and, and kind of get a job from, I definitely bring it up because I think you kind of got to wear it as a badge of honor because kind of like you said, not too many people, played college football. Not too many people played at a good university and played college football. Um, so I think that the people who try to forget it and like, Oh, da, 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 I think they're wrong because you can use it to springboard you into something so much better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, having Sam on the podcast, Sam Barrington was just on the show and he was saying, you know, he does a lot of work with alumni and stuff like that. Uh, what a lot of these young guys don't realize is once you, you played football at USF, you were a student athlete, even your girlfriend who played, you know, soccer at USF, when you go in and you talk to these business, these local business owners in the Tampa Bay area, you would be shocked. Hey, my name's Augie Sanchez. Here's my resume. And all of a sudden you get bumped to the front of the line because this guy is an avid USF fan. And he's like, I remember him, you know, and to that extent, you put all that time in, you might as well use it, man. You might as well use that to your advantage because everyone uses, you know, other things to their advantage. So, Hey, I agree I'm all for it, man. Um, so did you, when you were playing football, do you feel like you ever developed like a plan for retirement? Was it something that you ever thought of any kind of career you wanted to get into or, or how did, how was that looking for you? You know, uh, the reason I feel like football, uh, you know, giving up football was easy was because I knew, you know, I knew when I was done playing, I was going to be a coach because I love the game, kind of like what I alluded to earlier. I love the game. I was going to be a college coach. And my goal was, man, I'm going to be the head coach at, at USF. I kind of got involved into the realm of college football and realized, man, this ain't, uh, you know, this ain't the best thing for me. This this is a lot of time consumed. This is, you know, I'm, I'm missing you know, time with my family. I'm missing time on, on some things I find important in life. Uh, so that's kind of when that moment hit me of like, man, I don't know what I want to do. Once I kind of, again, if, if coach strong still at USF, I'm still at USF, but once he got let go, I got let go. It was kind of like, that was when I find that, that, that moment of like, man, what am, what am I going to do? Because from the time I graduated USF and I didn't get, you know, the NFL career, I knew I was going to be a college coach. Um, so now I'm still in that. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. I'm teaching now. Um, and, and it's not a bad career. Um, I don't, I don't know if I could see myself doing it for 30 years, but 
you know, I may, uh, and I know there's a ton of good benefits that come with it. And, and, uh, and, you know, if you're looking to retire and some teachings and it's not a bad profession. Um, but I don't know, uh, this whole year's kind of been a little, you know, upside down, just kind of the COVID kind of what we alluded to earlier, the COVID stuff and, and all that. I, I, I didn't get, you know, jobs I was applying for. So I'm still kind of in that, what, what am I going to do uh, phase of my life? Yeah, absolutely. I was same exact same. It's, it's crazy, man. Cause a lot of people have the same, that same area right after football, right after the life. I feel like you though, you have, and it's kind of weird to say, and I don't, obviously I, I think you're, you're still trying to figure out like what direction you want to go, but I feel like a couple of phone calls and you'd probably be coaching at, you know, uh, a, a division one school, like relatively quickly, if you were interested in that, if that opportunity arose, would you still be interested in that? Um, if I could get a position job for sure, I know that that's harder. Um, I could do, I would do a QC. The reason that that got me, you know, thinking about it was when I got let go at USF and I'm a, I was a QC, um, is well, what if, hap- what happened if, you know, I was, I was married with kids, like, am I going to up and move my whole family to, to Arkansas? Because, you know, that's where my next job is. Or what if I can't get a job because, you know, I didn't make the right connections. Um, I, I can't, I can't lie to you and say that when I got let go from USF, I wasn't a bit, you know, hurt. I thought when, you know, I thought no matter what coach went through there, I was safe um, because of how, because what I, again, it's, it's cocky, it's arrogant, it's whatever, but it was because of what I did there. I was like, man, I'm untouchable. Um, and I guess that was kind of a dose of reality be like, no, you know, you're not untouchable. So I do got a little bit of, of bitterness, uh, in myself for, you know, the, the USF people that are there today, the, the coach that is there today. Um, I don't have the greatest things to say about him. Uh, but, um, I also know that things happen for a reason. I think, you know, there's, there's a, a greater purpose uh, out there for me. And, and who knows, you know, if he starts and becomes super successful and he leaves and there, like I said earlier, a new guy comes in, you know, I could be right back in that position, uh, you know, at USF because that's a place I'm a real loyal guy. Um, and, and that's a place I care about. I, I feel like a lot of people go to their school, forget about their school. I mean, I, I want USF to be as successful as it can be because USF, you know, did so much for me. Um, you know, I, I'd love to be, to be there. Uh, but if, if a college school came knocking, I, I would think about it. I, that was probably be my best answer. You know, what's so crazy, man, is I tried, I, I never got to the level that you got as a QC, a quality control analyst, you know, even on a, a division one football team, I went back to my alma mater at Vanguard high school and, you know, picked up coaching there with the aspirations to eventually get into the college level and man, I remember some, some people are going to totally jive with what I'm about to say right now, but I remember going back to USF after, you know, Skip Holtz had been let go. He was let go on my last day. So I'm like thinking, Hey man, I played at USF. I've built, you know, a pretty successful, you know, what I thought was a successful high school, you know, offense at the very least. And I'm going to walk into USF and I'm going to get a meeting with the OC, which I ended up doing a guy named, I I'm sure, I think he coached with you, Sterling Gilbert. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Came in, got a meeting with him, sat down. We started talking some football and I was like, Oh man, I'm a shoe in. Like I'm for sure going to get at least a GA job, at least a QC job. 
you know, I got invited in the meeting rooms and stuff like that. Got the whole, I got like, I was honored by the treatment that I got, but I was expecting to put the stamp on it, you know, and, and just magically walk into an offer. And I never heard back from anyone. And I was like, you know, at the time I was like, okay, the road continues. You know what I mean? I was like you and I was like, Hey man, I'll, I'll wait, you know, maybe if there's another coaching change, I'll take another crack at it, you know, and kind of got deeper and deeper. I ended up coaching for like six or seven years. And then towards the end of that seventh year, I was like, I'm still not getting paid. I'm not making any kind of money. I feel like some of these talents that I associated with football are not like my tool bag is not being fully utilized. Like I just felt at the time I was like, man, like I I think I can do more than coaching or not more than coaching, but I felt like I was uh, like almost like terrified to let go of the game because it was so much time invested since the time I was 11 years old. I was like, you know, this is who I am. This is everything to me. So at the time I was like, you know, uh, I'm going to continue to pursue this. But then when the time came where I was like, I finally got, I finally got, you know, the, the, the balls, you know, quote unquote, to be like, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a a leap of faith. And what I did was I went back to teaching and then eventually, you know, kind of worked my way up into the corporate ladder and now, you know, doing my thing or whatever, but that, that leap of faith and trusting and believing in yourself, like you've done, you know what I mean? Like you've had, you've been forced to do is it's a tough thing, man. But I'm telling you, if you just stick, stick to it, you're going to find your way. Cause you're just one of those dudes that like, I've mentioned this before, but you're, you're definitely an example of a person that you throw a guy like Augie Sanchez into the Sahara desert. He's going to end up running the place eventually. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's just the kind of cat that you are. So success will come, man. Success. And and I'm sure everything you got going on in your life, man, it's going to round out and you're going to be there, but right. college well, football shit, man. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I hope so. And I kind of feel the same way. I think, again, I think everything does happen for a reason. I, I, I don't sit there and dwell on it too much, but to say things don't affect me or affect us or affect, you know, that you're supposed to be a macho man or stuff. I, I don't think that that that's, fair to say either. Like I said, I wouldn't be, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that, that when I got let go from USF, I wasn't upset and hurt. And I thought about, you know, calling every reporter I know and bashing the guy, but you know, cooler heads prevailed. And, and I knew that, that it was part of a, uh, you know, I I had to take a different path. So I, I definitely see, you know, exactly everything you're saying and kind of take that leap of faith. And and I'm kind of trying to find that leap of faith right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, next. Um, so who was the first person that you told when you decided that you were going to, you were going to stop pursuing football? What was that conversation like for you? Um, you know, I, it was when I came back from that, that giants, uh, you know, that mini camp, I came back and, you know, when you come back, that means you got cut. It means you didn't make it. And I just kind of looked at my family. We, it was, and I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but everyone was together. And I just remember saying, I was like, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to call uh, coach T and, and try to get up at Florida state. And that's, you know, exactly what, what I did. And it was really that easy. Uh, it wasn't an in-depth conversation. It wasn't a, a soul search. And I think 
when I stepped away from playing, I knew the time was right. Everyone in my family kind of knew the time was right. And again, it was my decision. Um, I didn't need anyone else to tell me that I was doing the right or wrong thing. Uh, I knew how my body felt. Um, I knew, I knew all the stuff that kind of went into to being a football player. And I knew that, you know, once I didn't make it to, to the destination I wanted to, I, I didn't have this, this crazy aspiration, you know, to go get myself in debt um, and, and hire the best trainer ever and stuff. I just kind of knew it was, it was, it was done. Yeah. So what do you, I, you mentioned that you're teaching and you got your own business now. What are you teaching nowadays and, and what level are you at high school, middle school? So I'm at middle school right now. I, uh, I teach PE at USF. I got a master's when I was playing, I got a master's in PE. Nice. Um, so I was, that kind of just gave me a sh- kind of a, a one up, uh, for a PE job. Uh, and I knew the guy that was hiring. So that made it easier, like, especially when you, you know, the guy who, who, you know, and he has good things to say about you. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing now. And I'm trying to, trying to use the whole, you know, trying to teach kids football. Uh, I, I'm, I think, and I think you could attest to this. There's so many kids now that'll go hire a strength guy and go hire a, uh, you know, a speed guy, but doesn't know how to play football. Mm. And I think that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to get to. in in, in my training uh, program is I want to teach kids football. I want to teach them why they're doing things, how to, you know, how to be better at, at them. Uh, you know this, I know this, you'll see the biggest, strongest, fastest guy be the absolute worst football player in the country. Yeah. And that's what these kids don't understand is you can be big, stiff and, and bench 500 pounds and you can run a four, two, but it, if you can't run that route or, you know, you can't read that guard pull, you're not going to play football. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what my big training is on. Uh, and, and that's why I think I got a, um, you know, a actual good idea for business because I do think that, that that's something kids that I don't know a coach. I never had a coach that sat down and, and tried to talk X's and O's with me until I got to college. Um, right. So I think that that's kind of where I'm, you know, can, can make some, some hay and actually help a lot of people out. And that's where I kind of see my little uh, niche of a market uh, when it comes to the training deal. With COVID, and, you know, with the mass and like the social distancing and all the madness that has been going on, did you ever get a chance to, to switch your, your training sessions to like virtual or anything like that? No, uh, this is real. This is real new within like the last month. So I, oh, okay. I haven't, I'm not like a full on, you know, I got the whole business model and stuff planned out. I just got the vision right now and I'm working on the vision. Um, and you already got I, customers. I got a couple customers. That's what's um, up. And that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping to, to kind of make that page, that Facebook page, that Instagram page, uh, using Aubrey's thing is kind of a tutorial towards, listen, this is what a good high school football player is. This is what a good college football player is because there is levels to it. You know, you, you know, you can train a kid that, that maybe never can, will play in high school, but then you might train a kid that may play on, on Saturday. You may train a kid that may play on Sunday. So I think there's levels to it. Um, and I think that's just kind of where I'm, I'm kind of where my vision's at right now to kind of try to build it and figure it all out. Beautiful. I'm sure there's some USF alumni out there with training businesses that you can get in touch with. One guy that comes immediately to mind, and he's not really on the the sports specific like you are, but he owns his own gym and he's super, super successful as a guy I played with. His name is Kevin Gidry. And if I could connect you guys, I think – man, he's got, dude, he's got 
like 150 people in his gym, you know, like members and stuff like that. So he knows that whole business in and out. So that's another one of those ways that USF network, man, you could really blossom this thing and, and really get the word out for sure. Right. Yeah. I, didn't even, I don't even know the name. Uh, yeah. That's because you play with Armando. I'm saying I never heard, you know, Armando say anything or nothing about that. Yeah. I don't think Armando was still playing with Kevin got there. Kevin came, I think it was my junior year and he was like a grad transfer from East Carolina with Skip. So he came in and he played tight end and everything as well. So we got to know each other pretty well, but he's a, he's a badass dude. He's got a great, great thing going on up in, I think it's Virginia beach but I'll, I'll send him your uh, contact info. And likewise, as we get off of this thing, but awesome. that'd be a dope connect. Yeah, for sure. So are you still in contact with any like teammates or, or former coaches? I know you mentioned that you, you know, bumped Taggart and he contacted you back pretty quickly. Are you still in contact with anyone? Uh, man, I talked to some of my, that's one thing about college football that, that I think, I think you could agree on. Man, it, it, high school football and stuff. I don't have a ton of people from high school. I'm still friends with, but if you know, just a few guys. But college really took that next step. Of these guys are really like, you know, my best friends. They'll be the guys, you know, my wedding. They'll be, um, you know, they'll just kind of be my brothers for life. And and you know, I talk to them pretty much. I have a group message with you know, roughly I don't know five or six of them, and we talk every day. Um, so that that's one thing that college football gives you that you know, other, no other thing will really give you in life. I don't know if you find any truer friends because of the stuff you go through, you know, the, the winter conditioning, kind of like what we were saying, the, the, the blood, sweat and tears, the, the trials and triumphs. Um, so I definitely still communicate with quite a few of them. Um, and then coaches, you know, I, I had a good relationship with all coaches, uh, all pretty much all of my coaches. I still talk to strong. I still talk to Taggart, still talk to coach Allen, still talk to coach BJ, uh, all real good people. Um, and, and, and I was fortunate enough to be, um, in a situation where, where they're, where they were so open with me and kind of took me under their wing and, and were just good people, uh, coach Woody, um, all these guys, I, I still reach out to and, and, and communicate with, and I wouldn't hesitate to, to pick up the phone and call any, not any one of them. I, I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, if I, I didn't word that right, but all still good people, all still people I, you know, try to reach out to us as, as frequent as I can. Coach Strong, if you're listening, give my dog a job in Alabama. That'd be dope. Did you see he just went to Jacksonville? Oh, I did not. He went with Urban. Yeah, he got the linebacker job there. So Wow. Okay. Would you ever consider coaching in the league? Oh, man, if I could get in the league, I'd be done. Yeah. That's the best. That's the best I mean, that's the best job you can get. Um, you got yeah. time off. You make good money. I mean. Yeah. it's. it's I imagine it's still a grind. Over. Yeah, I'm sure it is still a grind, but man, you got no recruiting, which in college takes up most of your time. You mm-hmm. got, you know, you don't have to deal with the kids going to class and, and you got the power in the NFL. You can cut them. You don't like them. You know, they don't do right. They, <laughs> it's just how it is. And in college, you got to jump through hoops just to get a kid off the team. Yeah. Um, so, and, and again, you get like a three month vacation or whatever it is, two month vacation. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. I feel you on that coach strong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so did you, my, one of my last questions here and we'll kind of wrap it up, but did you get, did you find yourself receiving or, or searching for any kind of support from USF uh, in your transition away from football? Was that anything that you looked into? 
You know what it was. Um, and honestly, that was one of the, the phases of, of it all that kind of disappointed me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did so much for that school. I did, you know, if there was a booster event or there was a, you know, a thing that needed a player there to talk at, man, it was me. Um, I went and, and got in front of, you know, all the fa- I just remember Taggart coming up to me one day and I, short story. We're at East Carolina. There's a booster, uh, a pretty prominent guy, actually out of St. Pete. I forget his name. He goes, you need to go shake his hand. That's a guy you need to know. I said, all right, sounds good. I will. He goes, cause after he goes after the football stuff that, you know, that that's the type of guy that can help you out. I go over, shake his hand, you know, I shoot the crap with him for a little bit. And, you know, and, you know, I, he obviously knew me more than I knew him, but you know, you, you're a football player. You're under the light. You're a good football player. They really want to know you. Like I could only imagine what like they want to know about like Quentin and stuff. Mm. So I'm thinking, all right, you know, I'm doing all this thing. I'm going to these boosters events, shaking hands, kind of similar to that guy at, at, at Eastern Carolina. And, and then when I got let go at, at USF, a guy who had been there for forever comes. And I remember this vividly. I'll probably remember this for the rest of my life. He goes, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, it went down this way, uh, blah, blah, blah. I said, man, you ain't got to apologize to me. I said, my face is good. I'll be good here for the rest of my life. I told him that as cocky as can be, I was mad. Um, but I remember after that, I was like, you know what? I'm good. I know a bunch of people from USF. They'll help me get a job. Shoot. I may even still work in this building and fundraising. So I remember I, you know, I get this nice long, uh, Facebook post out and, you know, it has all this, you know, I, you know, I'm switching careers. I'm trying to figure it out. I want to reach out to my face, Facebook network, my USF network, blah, 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 man. I didn't get help from not one of them. And I was just like, man, that's, that kind of puts stuff into perspective where it's like, man, make sure you use them. Don't let them use you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember thinking of like, man, that stinks that I, you know, I knew all these people, I shook all these hands, I did all these events. And it's like, man, there's no way you can push, you know, my, my resume to the front of the line, kind of like you, what you were saying. Um, and I remember just being a little taken back by that. And I was like, man, maybe my, maybe I got to figure out some, something else, um, uh, you know, with, with my connections and stuff. Yeah. Did, was Jody Libadisos, was she at USF when you were there? Yeah. She, uh, yeah. she actually told me to reach out to her and she would put me in some contact and, and granted, I say all that, I say all that junk to say I never reach out to her because I kind of started getting that teaching uh, gig mm-hmm. out. But again, that I can put the blame on, on my myself as well to where I didn't do the necessary steps either, because sometimes those people just want you to reach out to them and then they'll help. But I just I guess in my you know closed minded young ways, I was like, nah, they'll they'll see my post. They'll reach out to me. They'll do all the work, essentially. But uh Again, yeah, you playing devil's advocate, 100% right. I, I probably could have, you know, reached out to them and they probably would have given me, and I probably wouldn't have a, a, a bitter taste in my mouth on that end as well. That the, it's the reason that I bring up her name is because I had the exact same emotions that you're, or that you've had as far as like, I've like, bled for this school i've bled for this team you know what i mean like literally put mileage on my body that i can't ever get back and i didn't contribute like you did you went out and broke records and won games i was lucky to make it off the practice field with my knees intact for the most part but still it's like when you leave i'm like looking around and i'm like 
they're people are acting like they don't really even know me anymore. But then once you hit that breaking point of, I remember that the breaking point for me was that last year of coaching football. And it was like, okay, I'm going to take the leap of faith. I want to get a job in the corporate world. I want to make some real bread. I want to make money. And like you said, I want to be able to see my family and still participate in the hobbies. Like you want fishing and, and you want to do all these things with your life. A corporate gig fit that for me. And it was like, hey, I can work the nine to five, make the same money, better money than I would be making as a coach and have a 40 hour work week as opposed to a hundred hour work week. You know what I mean? And what it took for me was I thought all these people had kind of forgotten about me, didn't give a shit about me. But then I remember the first person I contacted and my jaw dropped when he answered me because I thought, you know, this is a dude that's like at the athletic director level. Like he's not going to want to spend any time talking to me. It was a guy by the name of Jason Lenders. And he was, uh, you know, Lenders. Yeah. yeah. With Lenders was there my first couple of years. Right. Yeah. Now I think he's at like Grand Valley state or something like that. And I he hit him up. A, he got a job change. He's at Chicago now. Okay. Chicago University. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. He's a, he's an ace dude. And he was a tough, he was a, a tough dude and he didn't put up with any BS about people missing classes and stuff like that. And he was a very hard nosed dude. But I remember I reached out to him and it, I was, I remember I was driving, so I shouldn't have been texting, but I think I rolled up to a stoplight in Bradenton and I looked down and he had answered my, my text message within like 10 or 15 minutes. And he was like, I was reaching out to him for a reference because I wanted to get in the back. I, I needed a buffer year and I needed to go back to teaching before I could get a corporate gig because I had to go back, get my master's and all that kind of stuff. But I reached out to him within like 10 or 15 minutes. He hit me back up, wrote, sent me a reference in an email. You know what I mean? And just really right. was like, he extended the hand that I was not expecting. And I really would never have reached out to him if I hadn't hit that breaking point of being like, I can't do this by myself. I can't do this without the people that I use to build my network. And that's why last season I kind of, in doing this podcast, I ended up reaching out to Jody Libadisos and she came on the podcast and kind of talked about her own transition and being a gymnast and, and, and this kind of thing. And then the programs that she's trying to implement at USF and she was kind of, you know, um, you know, kind of down about some of the turnout and, and people not taking advantage of it and stuff like that. So that's why I brought that name up to you was because I don't know if you had ever thought about that or, or about reaching out like that, but I thought, you know, maybe again, just a, a possible network connection and just you doing stuff like this. Like I'm not paying you to come on the show. You know what I'm saying? Right. You did this out of the kindness of your heart. That's the kind of dude that you are. You're a champion. You're a winner. So it's like, you'd be shocked, bro. You'd be shocked at how many people want to do business with Augie Sanchez. And I'm sure with the training stuff, like it's going to blow up and you're going <laughs> to, you're going to have to get an accountant, brother. You're going to have to get someone to manage them books. <laughs> I don't know if it's there yet, but I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, def but I definitely agree with what you're saying. I think a lot of the time, I think uh, one of, one of, I guess I shouldn't just say people, I guess I'll say, but people's biggest down, you know, downfall is that they don't want to ask for help. And I do know that, you know, there is times where I'm headstrong to where I want to do it myself and I don't need help. 
Uh, but then there's also uh, a piece of me where I, you know, kind of step back and look and you're like, you know what? I do need help. Uh, I can't be that prideful of a person. Uh, so again, I kind of, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the Jody thing, she asked me to reach out again, like I told you, but I started uh, getting that teaching gig. Um, I do think that sometimes when I write that post and I say, Hey, they didn't reach out, reach out to me. It's kind of a pride thing. Like, man, that's, I deserve it. Um, and I think that's what's wrong with so many facets in life right now is everyone thinks they deserve something and deserve handouts. Um, and, and I kind of find a, you know, I kind of fell under that, that umbrella. One thing that I'll tell you right now, being an older dude and just an older USF alumni, one thing that I see with you, and I know that I know for a fact that you're going to have whatever success that you want to have is you're, you're open you know what I mean? You're open to new experiences and stuff like that. And one thing, if I could ever go back and give my 18 year old self advice is to be like you is to be open to new experiences. That is going to take you so far, man. And just be open to like, you know, maybe I just like, just like watching film and being self-critical of yourself with that kind of stuff. Hey, hey I took a misstep here. I took a misstep there. You know, the best way to learn it's to, to see it to recognize, Hey, I made, you know, whatever decision that I shouldn't have made. And now the next time I make a decision, it's going to be the correct one. And that's how you just keep it's turning that block of marble into that Michelangelo sculpture. You know what I mean? Right. It's just yeah. continue chipping away at it and you'll be, you'll have all the success in the world, man. I'm, I'm absolutely positive of it. With that right. being said, one of the questions that I like to kind of, to, to kind of wrap this thing up with is if you could go back and talk to 18-year-old Augie Sanchez, what kind of advice would you give him as far as, you know, how your career played out or, or you know, uh, post-career, like into retirement? What advice would you give an 18-year-old kid right now that's in the same position as you? I think I think the, the biggest and probably best advice I would could ever give myself is, is you know, it's all going to, it's all going to come. It's all going to happen. Um, and I say that in, in terms of don't stress about the stuff that I used to stress about, you know, when I was 18 and I didn't get that college, you know, that Florida Gator offer or the power five offer, or, you know, I thought I was this all world player and, and, you know, I needed to, um, you know, I needed these big time, uh, big, you know, big time offers, uh, not to stress about it because they didn't come, but everything worked out. You know, I, I went on to do things that I could have only dreamt about. Um, don't don't stress, uh, you know, don't don't stress, you know, the the, the small stuff, uh, because a lot of the times in life, the small stuff really doesn't matter. I know mm. uh, I know a lot of people, you know, take that term and, and, and they flip it around and say the little things do matter. A lot of times little stuff doesn't matter. Um, and I think I think a lot of people are products of, you know, they stress so much on that little stuff that they forgot that they were trying to get to the big picture. Um, I, I would tell myself to kind of just hey, get to the big pic picture. Don't, uh, don't, don't be upset. Uh, you know, I went to, to USF as a, uh, as a fullback who, who would have thought I, you know, who would have thought that. By, the, by the time I ended at USF, you know, I, I'd, I'd be one of the best linebackers to ever play there. I, I went in there as a two-star, one of the lowest rated recruits they've ever had. Uh, but I was hungry and I had a chip on my shoulder and I wanted to be successful. So I tell my, my younger self to, 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 you know, don't, don't change that about yourself. 
but don't stress, you know, don't stress about playing fullback because it's all going to happen how you want it to be. Hell yeah. Well, shoot, man, as we wrap this thing up, is there any closing words, anything? What's the what's the name of the training business again? It's uh, it's Bull Shark Training. Bull Shark Training. Do you guys still do the signal? Yeah, <laughs> that's what's up, man. You guys uh, made a lot of plays. Yeah, we made a lot of plays, and that was kind of the t- turning point of, of our career. Is there, you know, that, that guy, the head coach, he's now at uh, Indiana. Mm. Uh, and that guy just kind of instilled so much in, into a team that, that needed it. One one of one of the things I'll leave everyone with was was uh, was his quote: "Before there's a reality, there's a mentality. If you don't believe in yourself, why should anyone else?" And I took that um, I took that to heart, and uh, I still believe in that today. Uh, if I don't believe in myself, why should you? Uh, and I also want to thank everyone you know for listening to, to this podcast. I want to thank you for having me on this podcast. Um, and, and, and hopefully, you know, if, if this thing takes off, we can do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing before we close, man, I want to tell you how much I appreciate someone, uh, of your stature, not only your playing stature, but the character of the person that you are coming onto the show. When people like you come onto this show to kind of give advice to the younger crowd and maybe even the older crowd at times, people listen people listen to guys like you and you still have that. It's just so apparent that you still have that gnarly leadership, just that natural leadership ability, man. And I just want to say before we get off, man, I I cannot thank you enough for coming on and sharing your story and your journey. And one of these days I will be hitting you back up and I will be hopefully getting you back on the show. I hope at the time that you remember that we did this for free and that you won't make me pay you to do it. <laughs> so, so again, thank you so much, man. I'm, I'm so honored and humbled to have, have someone like you on the show and to, to just kick it with me, man. And it's been good catching up with you, brother. Yeah. It's awesome, man. I appreciate you having me and I appreciate everyone who's listening. Absolutely. Thanks again, man. Yes, sir. Yes, you did it. Thank you all again for tuning in this episode of the podcast. Thank you to my guest, Augie, for giving us all some great insight into his journey. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the show and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. We're rolling deep. That's it for this one. And until next time, go do something good for someone. Peace.